When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Steeler Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Alongside me is Shannon White. Tony Defio is here. And we are so glad to be hanging out with you. We're glad that that game was on Thursday, so we have had some time to digest it. And we were talking about leadership. And uh, one of the leaders of the live chat for so many years is Snowman. And Snowman has just anointed Shannon as being a good leader for the BTSC family. So... We we appreciate that, Shannon. I th- <laughs> thank you so much um, for all of your uh, your guidance here. Um, and Snowman's the best. We we love Snowman. Uh, so here we go. What is what's up with this team as far as maturity goes? Is this a desperate thing that we th- that we think it is? Is this what's dividing this team completely, or is it just masking that this team's not ready for prime time, Tony? I just think it's such a young team and it's young in so many different areas, uh, both on offense and defense younger than we, I think we realized because of Ben Roethlisberger and, and his presence, I think we forget how young this team is. Is it, is it a desperate thing? Um, I mean, I think it's getting close to that. You know, when you, when you see what Claypool, his, you know, antics on the field, you know, that to me, that's more of a, a bother than, dancing on a logo before a game. I, to me, that's, you know, you're, you're costing your team a chance to win. Uh, Devin Bush, he really isn't, you know, doesn't do anything on the field to, to hurt the team, but he's at the point of his career now. He's in his third year where he should be he's an inside linebacker. He was, you know, a leader at Michigan. He should be a leader. He should be one of the lead, young leaders right now, and he's not. He's, he's setting bad examples, uh, you know, kind of throwing his teammates under the bus on, was it Monday today, you know, saying, well, you know, saying, well, we're all playing bad, not just me. Well, I mean, that's not, I mean, I realize he's young and he's got, a, you know, he really is young, 22 years old, but still he should know better than to say that by this point. So it's, 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 I don't think it's, I think it's more a, a lack of uh, experience overall for the team than it is. They're divided. Um, some of the, sometimes you don't even know, know about that stuff until, years later, like uh, reading uh, Cowher's book, uh, I, he, you know, he talked about how divided the team was after he took over for Chuck Noll. So maybe, maybe we'll find out about that years down the road, but right now I think they just, they're just, um, they're just so young. And, and plus they have issues on the, on the defensive line with, 
with uh, Tuit and, and Alou Alou not there. I think that really, really hurt them as far as the defense more than we'll ever know. And uh, well, I guess I guess we do know. We see it every week. But <laughs> but um, I think it's more of a youth uh, thing than it is a, uh, a, a a divided locker room right now. Shannon, when you see something like that happen with Chase Claypool, and I don't want to keep on pounding on Chase Claypool, but that was just – that was not – that's not going to be in his Hall of Fame film resume, you know, when he's when he's applying for anything. So it's how if you're the coaching staff, how do you guide him out of this? Well, nobody wants to be the reason the team lost. Nobody wants to be viewed that way. He'll want to do better just for his own image. Forever, it's all about brand now. And even though we, we want them to put the team first and realize they're part of something bigger than themselves, they it is a lot about branding, and it's a business. And so I believe that hopefully he'll learn a lesson from it because you don't want to be that guy. You want to – you know, you say everybody by now see the clip of what how Larry Fitzgerald has handled that same situation in the past. How uh, this, the guy, I think it was the Seahawks wide receiver, uh, in the game that ran the ball and got it to the the, uh, uh, the referee so they could down it in that game when they were trying to come back and uh, against the Steelers. And so hopefully he learned from that. But it's hard because if you look back, he had the issues in the offseason. Uh, you know, being out late one night, at, you know, at a bar, and he ended up kicking a guy when he was on the ground. And then he got in the brawl with Fitzpatrick at camp, supposedly, and well, supposedly Fitzpatrick kicked the snot out of him, so he wasn't really a problem. That's, that's the word on the yeah, uh, yeah. So, on the street there. Um, so he's he keeps having issues. It seems like he makes a big play, like against the Bengals, he made a big play, and he so you know wants to wipe the snot off or whatever that move is, and he gets all fired up. And then the next play, he's he throws the cornerback guarding him out of bounds by his face mask and gets a personal foul penalty. These this team cannot overcome fifteen yard mistakes. And and he keeps doing it, and he he's celebrating when you're losing twenty nine to nothing or twenty nine seven. You get an interception, and you know we've you know again it's just a microcosm of awareness, being aware of the situation down a distance scoreboard, and then you know behave accordingly. There's nothing wrong with celebrating and getting excited if it right if it amps up your whole team, but a lot of this stuff is look at me. It's an individual thing. Look at me. And it's not, it doesn't benefit the team. So that's just something that I think that Tomlin uh, needs to sit down and have a heart to heart with him uh, about uh, his role and, and the consequences if he doesn't put the team first. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. Well, and and that's the shame of it all is he, he really played great down. He made some great plays down the stretch Claypool, you know, so without the, um, Without the uh, celebrating the first down, maybe you don't even rem- remember the the, the uh, you don't talk about the, the the unsportsmanlike conduct in the first half, you know, because you know he really rebounded after that and and, and really had a great second half, great fourth quarter. But then he goes and does something like that, and, that, and that's all we're talking about. That's the problem. He's so talented, he's so ex- incredibly talented and physically gifted. If he just learns to harness that talent, you know, he could be something special. But that starts with mm-hmm. with becoming more mature, and that that starts with guidance as well. And 
And that's where I'm not saying that you have to do a Des Bryant and have the Cowboys uh, go at like the Cowboys sent a guy to basically follow him around everywhere he went <laughs> when he went out. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's there's got to be mentorships on that team. And that's something that goes a long way. Wes brings up a really good point, And I think this sums a lot of this up. Got too many people on this team that don't know what it means to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And I could honestly say that that I agree with that 100%. You know, th- that's the thing here. It's there. There is a difference from when you go from college to the pros. And we see guys like Fryermuth and guys like Najee Harris handing the ball off when you're losing like that and just running back and because they're taking care of business. Then you see the entire, not the entire, but a large part of the defense go down to go in front of the cameras. And a lot of people were really upset about that. And <laughs> and I was thinking that, well, you know, Akello Witherspoon, man, he's he hasn't had a chance to shine and he had two interceptions that game and he goes, celebrates in, in front of the camera and that's a bad look to a lot of people. But is that a move that fires this team up? I don't know. So that that's one of those things too. And I mean, ever, a lot of people were going to disagree with me on it. And I'm I'm not going to completely take. Uh, uh, I'm not going to completely say that I didn't love the. Uh, I was I was mad about the interception, but af- after I thought about it more, you know, it's like, you know, these guys don't get a chance to celebrate. Now a guy like Claypool does. And there's a time and a place. Now, if they're doing that, if they're doing that with time <laughs> running off the clock, yeah, then I'm going to be going crazy. But so that's just a thing. There's got to be some teaching moments here. This happened years ago with, I think, Donovan McNabb. And it happened a couple of weeks ago when they played the Lions where Najee Harris said, I didn't know you can tie. I didn't know you can tie. Now, that's not... That's not saying anything that Najee did wrong. He just didn't know. And and Najee hasn't done anything wrong. Najee's been a model citizen. But all I'm saying is there's some mentoring things, more mentoring that needs to be going on when some of these situations aren't being covered. So, I mean, you would think that you wouldn't go and when you're running down the field trying to score. But if that's college and you get a first down, what happens? I'm not making excuses for it. They stopped the clock. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but he's been, a. this is his second year. He shouldn't be thinking about stuff like that. But anyways, it, there, there's so much to, to discuss with that. And the veteran, there needs to be more of a veteran presence on this team. And I want to go back to baseball real quick. And one of the, uh, one of the greatest finishes ever for a game one of a world series if you know anything about baseball, you know this. 1988, Vin Scully talking about number 23, Kirk Gibson coming out. And that was a guy, he was hurt. He was he shouldn't have even been pinch hitting. And he comes and hits that home run on like one leg. And at the beginning of training camp, excuse me, the beginning of spring training, somebody put eye black in his, uh, he had a very bald head. And and not everybody had bald heads back in the 80s like that, you know, mm-hmm. but put it eye black all through the rim of his cap and he put it down and they played a trick on him. And he's like, no, this isn't happening here. And he went off on everybody. And he was that veteran free agent. That came, and that was his first year as a free agent. 
And that was the veteran free agent that kind of changed that team into winners. And it was like that that entire season. And I'm thinking that that's what the Steelers need, a free agent possibly to come in here next year. Now, that doesn't help this year, but you need to uh, put some more veterans on this team that can, that can lead. And we've seen them do that before in, a, in the past. We've seen them add some valuable um, veteran free agents. That doesn't happen all the time. You don't always get a good one. But I think that would help this team right here. But going forward, this team needs to focus on four straight games. And they can get away with one loss. Can't get away with two. And they're still going to need a lot of help. The schedules are nice because the schedules give them help. But if you were to take a part of this team and try to figure out where that they need to improve the most as far as veteran presence, I know we're, we're going to go. I know we're saying offense, but what group do you think needs, needs the better veteran presence and more mentorship? Cody, I mean, it's, I think I, I don't want them to do anything with the line because it's it's you know I think you know they have three or four young guys in there, but I think the offensive line could maybe use a, use a guy. But where are you going to put him? I mean, if you if you if you like Kendrick Green, if you like uh, uh, Dan Moore, if you like Dotson, and, and Trey Turner's back, uh, that leaves right tackle. But Zach Banner apparently you know he's gonna he still has a, an opportunity to have that job uh, next year. Uh, I would say receiver. Uh, I always forget the guy's name, but but they 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 brought him in here. It's like tw- 2012, and you know he wasn't obviously he wasn't a B. Jericho Cotter. Jericho Cotter. Yeah. They need somebody like that. Somebody who you know he's not a superstar, um, and he'll be okay with his role. Like Darius Hayward Bay. He came, he was a former top ten pick, and he he came in here and he was a gunner, and he was happy to be a gunner on special teams on kickoff. So they, you know, he was a leader that way. They need that kind of a, a, a presence in, in, the, in that wide receiver room, and they're probably gonna. There's probably gonna be, there's probably gonna be room next year because Juju's probably gonna gonna even though he's he's he really hasn't had a chance to uh, to to, to, to uh, yeah, raise his, his uh, free agent stock because of the injury. He's probably gonna command uh, too much money for them to want to resign him. So there's probably gonna be room. So I'd say that's where you go. You you go with a, a veteran receiver. Who's who's comfortable in, in his role, and I know they've been they've been um, uh, bitten by that uh, recently with with Melvin Ingram and and guys guys like that in the last seven or eight years. So it's easier said than done, but I think I think that's what they need. All right, Shannon. I would think I agree with the receivers uh, from the leadership you know that a veteran could provide. Uh, the offensive line, that was, it's not a talent or an effort issue. It was a communication issue the other night. They cut, they were bringing six or seven guys up to the line of scrimmage and they were sending four, but you didn't know which four they were going to send. And it was like a parting of the Red Sea. They would wait till the ball was snapped and instantly just fill whatever hole was there. And there was multiple times that Green and Turner, and whoever was playing left guard blocked nobody. And it was a couple of times that all three of them was blocking the same guy. And, yep. and they let 
you know, a wide a defensive tackle comes straight in and hit Ben with absolutely no resistance. That is a cohesion and a communication issue. It's not a talent issue. And everybody keeps trying to blame it on a talent issue, but that ain't what that is. So is that Clem, the offensive line coach's problem? You know, or is that – somebody's going to teach these guys. So if you could bring in a veteran, even if he's not a starter, but who, who could give them some of the inside uh, – but they had that with Munchak. He was a former player and one of the best offensive line coaches of all time. And he had them guys ready every week. They were not ready for Zimmer's blitz packages, even though that he runs, he's been running them since he was with Cincinnati. This line, I worry, is it an intelligence problem? Because, you know, we're trying to blame a lot of things on maturity and a lack of talent, but sometimes the the Patriots, they go after guys that can, you can change the scheme from game to game, even from half to half. And these guys can adjust. If you can't do that, you don't play for Bill Belichick. If we, if our initial plan doesn't work, you know how hard it is for us to make adjustments. The Steelers really struggle with that. And I wonder sometimes they're going for athletes and they don't focus enough on the intelligence. That's very good. I mean, I, I cannot disagree with that either. We do have a super chat here. And if I ever miss your super chat, please let me know. Um, do you think James Washington is a better option? That goes back to when we were talking about Chase Claypool. You know, if I could go ahead and start with the answer to that is, I think Chase Claypool's talent is is unparalleled. I really think he is, he brings, he's not a dime a dozen guy. Um, James Washington, I'm not saying he is a dime a dozen guy. James Washington's a battler. He doesn't have the talent, but because of his passion, he's going to, uh, he doesn't have as much talent. He has talent, excuse me. But because of his passion, that's what got him drafted in the second round. James Washington is very valuable to that team. And I thought James Washington was getting yelled at by Ben Roethlisberger when Ike Hilliard was was getting yelled at. And then he ran over. I thought he was telling James Washington off. I'm like, why is he telling James Washington off? I didn't realize it was get your helmet. You're getting in there. And so I think Ben benched James Claypool. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really know. I, James Washington is, is a great piece to have on that team. I don't think he's taking you to the playoffs or the Super Bowl, but he's very valuable to have on that team. And that's a guy they want to consider bringing back in. But as far as Chase Claypool, if you look at his numbers, he is, uh, I think he's better even on the field, better in person than what his numbers look like. But he is uh, doing the right things in the right places as far as on the football field when it comes to his actual job. It's the little things, the dumb things that are getting him in trouble. And that's a lot of us have seen that in our own lives. You know, it's just that you get in trouble for the dumb stuff you're uh not filling out your expense report right not <laughs> doing your time card right you you know what i'm saying but your work's good but you've got to have an all-around game and understand what's so what's so important here but i tell you what this was a really fun show to talk about um what's going on with this team and i feel a little bit better about this team because shannon has talked me down off a ledge thinking that the maturity problem isn't exactly what it is it's the maturity problem 
is the fact that you do have a lot of young guys on this team that when they do mature and when they grow, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I think it was Marvin, I'm not sure, um, that said earlier that why are we getting on Kendrick Green? And why does everybody want to, <coughs> excuse me, why does everybody want to get rid of Kendrick Green? I love the idea of Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. not redshirting. I love the idea of John LeGlue. I'm already emotionally invested in John LeGlue <laughs> right now because he reminds me of a Villanova. He reminds me of a filer, you know, undrafted, but coming in there with a lot of passion. So that's that's what I'm really hoping for. And then you have, what if you do add a good veteran, um, a good veteran on an offensive line, a good veteran like, uh, you know, Wes just said, uh, maybe an A.J. Green or an Allen Robinson in there to be a good veteran on that for next year. But I think there's a lot of possibility for this year. I'm not done. I think this is a playoff. This is going to be a team that, finds their way into the playoff for playoffs for a couple reasons. And the first reason is the fact that I think they're going to go ahead and win this week against Tennessee, because I think the matchup works really well for them. And you have a, a couple guys out on that team, but I, I really think that this is, this is your wake up game. So that's what I'm really excited for there. But with that final thoughts, fellas, I am looking for a game this week where the offense comes out hot. We haven't seen that really all year. I mean, have we? <laughs> Maybe Denver? I don't know. I can't really think of a game when the offense started out red hot. I, you know, I know it's uh, maybe a pipe dream, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for this week. And I, and I am excited, uh, or at least more optimistic than I was after Thursday, thanks to what happened on Sunday as far as the playoff picture. I know people don't, you know, don't like to uh, – talk about finishing, you know, in the middle. But to me, there's nothing like an NFL playoff game when the Steelers are in it. So I'm still rooting for that. Shannon, your final thoughts. I'm very thankful that Henry is not playing this week. <laughs> uh, with the, uh, the run defense being like it is, re regardless moving forward, they have to stop the run first. Because that's like the death of a thousand paper cuts. You have to stop the run. When the ball has to be is in there, there's opportunities for tips, bad throws, you know, interceptions. But if they could just continually run the ball like the teams have been doing to the Steelers, it's they they do not have a chance to make the playoffs. So the first thing they've got to do is soar up the run defense. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm hoping. I still have faith that they can do it. And they have to start out by doing a good, a better job against Tennessee and getting the victory to stay relevant. All right. This is a one word question from both of you. I'm going to start with Shannon. This game must win versus Tennessee. Shannon. Yes. Tony. Yes. Brian. Absolutely. So with that being said, thank you so much. It, it has been a, uh, uh, a fun, a fun time, especially knowing that the you had some teams lose, like Buffalo and Baltimore, and 
And also, who else? The Raiders lost. So the Raiders are behind you. So they're 11th right now. They've got some ground to make up, but they can definitely do it. But they've got to do it first. Other teams are going to lose, but they need to win three of four right now. And they actually, you four and four, you're golden grams. So that's amazing. But Cincinnati, yeah, outside Steeler fan, thanks. Uh, Cincinnati, too, with their loss yesterday. That was a crazy game. But it's so important to be able to do it first yourself and then put yourself in the position and control your own destiny. And they can control their destiny, I think, right now. So we're going to be in pretty good shape. I'm I'm calling it. I think it's going to be a win this week. So um, with that being said, the holiday season is coming up. Do you realize how close we are to Christmas? So we are 12 days away from Christmas. So what did you get me? What did I get you? Yeah. Oh, you you have to wait and see. <laughs> I I've uh, I got you like I I got you a, a superhero poster that you could put. Oh, you already have one. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, yo, know, Christmas is only 12 days away, and the Steelers still have. This is amazing. They have three games after Christmas, which is which is great, but. BTSC, we started this last year. We did it for Thanksgiving. We did it during the bye week. This is going to be our second year of Merry Steeler Memories. And so Merry Steeler, Steeler Memories is breaking down that fourth wall. And it's just basically your BTSC podcasters, basically their lives. And they're going to answer five questions about Christmas, you know, what the holiday means to them. And we start running that today. So if you go ahead to the audio side, this is an audio-only show. Jeff Hartman's is up. Mine is going to be going uh, up pretty soon. And these guys will be going on next week. So check it out. It's I loved it last year because I learned I learned stuff about my uh, cohorts here at BTSC, uh, learning about how they grew up, Christmas, around the Steelers, so many different things. Their Steeler fandom, but family memories as well and it's something very special and we talk about being a family here all the time we talked about it at the beginning when we uh we talked about uh the loss of dennis so you guys mean so much to us and we'd like you to know even more about us if you want to check that out it's a great series if i say so myself um it's so fun to listen about these other guys and then if you could stomach through uh, hearing me ramble on for 12 minutes, uh, you can go ahead and do that as well. But we love you guys. Thank you so much. It's going to be a fun week. Hopefully the hangover next week is going to be a party hangover. Brian Brown, all I want for Christmas is the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Hey, <laughs> Christmas is the time, as Hans Gruber would say, Christmas is the time for miracles, Theo. And so there you go. Got to throw in a little bit of die hard. So we'll see you next week around this time. Make sure you check out Mary Steeler memories all week long. Make sure you check out the live mic tomorrow from the cutting room floor. And then the Scobro show tomorrow night. That's all going to be debuting tomorrow. Once again, Jerry Cherry. Thanks so much. I'm going to bring this up as Jerry, Jerry says, RIP Dennis Sheridan. Um, great member of our Steeler family, just like you all are. So with that being said, just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony. We keep changing the question. Shannon. Woo! 
Good night, everybody. Let's have a big one next week against Tennessee. Oh, how it rips me, boo.